Welcome to That You May Grow Thereby, a work of the Northern Kentucky Church of Christ. We are located at 18 Scott Drive in Florence, Kentucky. Our phone number is 859-371-2095. You can also visit us at www.nkcofc.com. And now, that you may grow thereby. Thank you for listening to That You May Grow Thereby. My name is Greg Litmer, and I am one of the elders of the Northern Kentucky Church of Christ, and it is a pleasure to get the opportunity to speak to you. In John chapter 19 and verse 30, we read one of the seven statements that Jesus made while he was on the cross. That verse reads, When Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, he said, It is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. At first glance, you could almost take that to be a statement of despair. If not despair, at least a statement of resignation. To all appearances, his life on earth was over. There would be no more time for him to personally tread the hills and valleys of the land of Palestine. No more opportunities to hold the little children upon his knee. He had had an incredible three-year stretch, the duration of his public ministry. He had taught many people, performed numerous miracles, positively influenced multitudes, and had risen from the manger in Bethlehem to unparalleled fame and notoriety among his people. Now he was dying. But when we understand the words, it is finished, we understand that they are not words of despair or resignation. They are words of satisfaction. Satisfaction with the job well done. When Jesus said, it is finished, it was not just his physical life to which he was referring, because by that death, many, many other things were finished as well. And that is what I would like to talk to you about in this episode. When Jesus said, it is finished, one of the things that he was talking about was God's purpose in the redemption of man. Jesus was on the cross for a reason. He was not there by mistake, and it was not an accident that took place because the Jews happened to reject him. He was there because it was part of God's eternal purpose. In Acts chapter 2, when Peter was preaching the first gospel sermon complete with the terms of salvation to all of those Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven who were in the city for the celebration of the great feast of Pentecost, he made a statement that clearly shows that Jesus' death on the cross was indeed part of the plan of God. In verse 23 of Acts 2, Peter said, Him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, you have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain. Jesus being there was by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God. It was not a mistake. It was necessary. If we move over just one chapter in the book of Acts to chapter 3 and look at verse 18, we find this reaffirmed when Peter said, But those things which God before had showed by the mouth of all of his prophets, that Christ should suffer, he hath fulfilled. How did he fulfill it? By the death on the cross. 
It was God's plan that his son shed his blood so that all people might have the opportunity to be cleansed of their sins by that blood. It was a divine necessity that Jesus died, that he shed his blood. When we consider Hebrews chapter 9, verses 12 through 17, we will see that this is so. The passage says, Neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. For if the blood of bulls and of goats and the ashes of a heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctifieth the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? And for this cause he is the mediator of the New Testament, that by means of death, for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the first testament, they which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. For where a testament is, there must also of necessity be the death of the testator. For a testament is of force after men are dead. Otherwise it is of no strength at all while the testator liveth. When Jesus said, It is finished. God's eternal purpose for the redemption of man was part of what he was talking about. Those aren't words of despair. They are words of recognition, recognizing a job well done. Secondly, God determined that his son, the Messiah, would come through the nation of Israel. To that end, he took steps to keep that nation separate, distinct and pure from the other nations of the earth. God gave the nation of Israel a law the law of Moses. It was given to them at Mount Sinai, and it governed almost every facet of their lives. It was to keep them pure, to show the children of Israel what they were to do as far as worshiping God was concerned. Truly, it governed their lives. The law was meant to bring them unto Christ. When Jesus said, it is finished, that law, the law of Moses, was one of the things that he was talking about. Galatians chapter 3 verses 23 through 25 points this out when Paul wrote the following, But before faith came, we were kept under the law, shut up unto the faith which should afterwards be revealed, where the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ, that we might be justified by faith. But after that faith has come, we are no longer under a schoolmaster. When Jesus died, the New Testament the law of faith, the law of Christ, was ratified. The rules and regulations that had been set down in the old law for the nation of Israel were fulfilled. They were henceforth done away with. All of the particular rites and practices that had been such an important part of the old law were no longer necessary and were no longer part of God's covenant with his people. This aspect of the finishing of the law is clearly pointed out in Colossians chapter 2, verses 14 through 17, which tells us, Blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. Let no man therefore judge you in meat, or in drink, or in respect of a holy day, or of the new moon, or of the Sabbath days, which are a shadow of things to come, but the body is of Christ. 
It is so important that people understand that when Jesus said, it is finished, the old law was included in that statement. My friends, there are entire denominations in existence today because they have failed to understand that truth. The old law had served its purpose. The death of Christ did away with it, fulfilled it, and that includes such things as animal sacrifices, ritual burning of incense, holy days, and the keeping of the Sabbath, to name a few things. Thirdly, we, as, as we have already mentioned, prior to the death of Christ, there was a distinction between races as far as God was concerned. He took steps to keep the Jews distinct as a nation from all others. He made laws to assure that they would remain racially pure. When Jesus said, it is finished, racial distinction in the eyes of God was included. God views all people as being equal. No one race of people is favored above another, and all are governed by the same law, the law of faith. All must obey that law, and nationality and color do not matter. In Ephesians chapter 2, verses 11 through 16, Paul wrote these words, Wherefore remember that ye being in time past Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh, made by hands, that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. For he is our peace, who hath made both one, and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances, for to make in himself of twain one new man, so making peace, and that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby. Since the death of Christ, there can be no reason, either real or imagined, for one color or race of people to feel superior to another. I find great comfort and joy in being able to tell people that since Jesus died, it doesn't matter to God if you are black or white, red, yellow, or some other shade of pigment, American, African, African-American, Asian, or Australian, we're all the same. Paul wrote in Galatians chapter 3, verses 26 through 29, the following, For ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male or female. For ye are all one in Christ. And if you be Christ, then are ye Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. My friends, the whole of God's plan for sending his son to earth to die for the sins of mankind was prompted by love, God's love for us. And when Jesus said, it is finished, love was included in that statement. Now what I mean by that is that love was finished in the sense that it had reached its greatest manifestation and expression in the death of Christ. I think the passage that most clearly teaches this is found in Romans 5. Christ died for man, but it was something that man deserved? Was it something that God owed to us? 
Were we so good as to warrant that death? Romans chapter 5 verses 6 through 8 answers those questions. It tells us, For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Can there be a greater expression of love than to be willing to give your life for another? Now ask yourself if you would give your life for someone who spit on you, belittled you, slapped you, cursed you, beat you, ignored you, and would kill you given the chance? My friends, Jesus did. As was the case of love, when Jesus said, It is finished, included in there was obedience. Obedience was finished on the cross in the sense that the cross represented its greatest manifestation and expression. While in the Garden of Gethsemane, under tremendous emotional stress, Luke chapter 22 verses 41 through 44 tells us of this happening with Jesus. And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's cast and kneeled down and prayed, saying, Father, if thou be willing remove this cup from me nevertheless not my will but thine be done and there appeared an angel unto him from heaven strengthening him and being in an agony he prayed more earnestly and his sweat was as it were great drops of blood falling down to the ground the idea of what was about to happen to him the incredible pain his father turning from him and so forth was a burden harsh to be borne. Jesus' response, not my will, but thine be done, that is obedience. Paul put it this way in Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 8. Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of man. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself, and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Truly, on the cross, obedience met its fulfillment. Finally, several years ago, while living in Cincinnati, a bridge was being built across the Ohio River. I would see it in various stages of completion, and I could see the direction it was going. I could see how I would have to go to get from Ohio to Kentucky over that particular bridge. But I couldn't go over until that bridge was finished. When Jesus said, it is finished, the way to heaven was completed. The last part of the path was laid. Jesus said in John chapter 14 and verse 6, I am the way the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. Yes, it is finished. All is in readiness. All it takes is for you to realize the work that Jesus has done. Utilize it. A prescription won't help you unless you take it. And a surgeon can't save your life unless you have the operation. It is finished but you won't be saved unless you take advantage of it. The way to take advantage of it is to hear the word of God and believe that word. 
but allow that belief to be saving Bible faith, which involves obedience. Repent of your sins, confess your faith in Jesus as the Lord, and be baptized in water for the remission of your sins, from which you will arise a new creature, born again, having been added to the church by the Lord. These are words to think about. Give them careful consideration. Thank you for listening.